This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Discussion we're about to have here on the Sporting Capital this evening with Dr. Sam Duncan, who is the course leaders of the sports degrees at Holmes Glen, and he's with us here on the Sporting Capital right now. Sam, uh, good, good evening. Welcome. G'day, Jordan. Thanks for having me, mate. There's plenty to have a look at already over the first two weeks of the AFL season, and not just AFL. We can look elsewhere around the sporting world, but let's let's dive in mainly into what's been happening in footy and uh, and what the what the media landscape has looked like over the uh, over the first two weeks um in general just as a as a um as a uh i guess a, a, an intro into what the segment is so we're looking into the media but what specifically are you wanting to analyze in, in what has happened in the in the media and social media space yeah well i mean it's such an important part of sport um it, it in many instances bankrolls sports i mean 60 cents of every dollar generated by the afl comes from their broadcasts and media rights and because of that they have a huge say in um, how the game um looks um even you know uh, new rules that are implemented and introduced uh, and also obviously packaging and selling the game i mean the broadcaster for any um, uh, sporting organisation is so important because that's exactly what they're responsible for doing, packaging the game and selling it around the country or indeed around the world. Uh, and, I mean, in the social and digital media age, we've got new players producing media, we've got new voices, um, we've got stars that have, you know, more followers on social media than some countries do citizens. And so, um, I, you know, it, it's great to be able to sit back and analyse what's going on and question um, the impact that the media and everything associated with the media, marketing, PR, image, brand, um, is having on, on the games that to follow. One of the biggest events, uh, obviously, of round two, but it'll be one of the biggest events of this year and, and maybe one of the uh, most remembered events of, uh, of the last couple of years was clearly Lance Franklin's goal on uh, on Friday night, the one that scored him the, his thousandth goal of his career. Um, amazing scenes. There was so much that came from the uh, from the moment itself, the specific moment itself, let alone the whole match uh, and the build-up and the lead-in. But there was so much that happened afterwards on, on social media with videos of people on the grounds. There were photos being taken from outside the stadium and just the way that it was all covered. Um, from, a, from, a, from a media perspective, a social media perspective and how all of this was marketed, what did, what, did it, what did it mean for the moment and what did it mean for the AFL? It was absolutely huge. I mean, it was captivating. It was exciting. It was wild. It was all of those things. And I think the fact that it was somebody's kicked a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars in the social and digital media age amplified the moment so much more and by that i mean 
we could live it over and over and over again. That's what the social and digital media age allows us to do. We saw it on TV. And then from different perspectives, we were able to live it out and see it again on social media. And if you missed it live on TV, if you weren't near a TV over the weekend, you still saw it. In fact, you still probably saw it 10, 20 times on social media. People around the world saw it. Uh, and what people around the world were seeing was something unbelievably unique. So, I mean, he, he was recruited to the Swans on a $10 million deal. That was almost a $10 million moment in public relations, in social media engagement, in advertising for the game, and in other forms of PR, such as people catching up and talking about it. I mean, I played golf the next morning and our group was talking about it. I went to a wedding that night. People were talking about it. From a PR perspective, those things are hard to value. I mean, you used to try and figure out how much it would cost to have an ad on the front page of the Herald Sun um, or the Daily Telegraph or the um, Sydney Morning Herald and say, OK, how much is, is that worth? Now we measure it in terms of sentiment and engagement. However you man, um, measure it, for a $10 million investment, just from a marketing and PR perspective, he just about made back his money on Friday night. It feels like as well there's a lot of um, – whenever we talk about the AFL as, as, a, as a body – feel like most of the time whenever we're talking about them, we're sort of criticising them or we're trying to pick apart things that they could have done better. It, it's always kind of not full-blown negativity, but it's sort of leaning towards the negative side of publicity for the AFL whenever we talk about the body. When we're not talking about the body, it's probably meaning that they're doing their job well enough. So, you know, in that sense, we're not talking about it and they're doing well. But in this sense, it was, it was sort of full-blown positivity around AFL and around what had happened on the night, the moment in sport. I had heard from uh, from uh, older past footballers who don't really recall the moment that Tony Lockett kicked his thousandth goal or, or the various records that he broke in his career. Likewise, Dunstall, likewise, Gary Ablett Senior, because the the sport wasn't broadcast as as uh, widely as it is now. But now everyone can see it. It's, it's broadcast so fully across the weekend. Every single game is on TV. It's on streaming services. There's highlights of plenty on social media. Um, this was this was this the whole moment just equated into great publicity because of how public the game is now, how well it's broadcast, and it's reflected really well on, I guess, the AFL, but the sport of Aussie rules itself. Hundred percent. I mean, the best promotion comes organically. You can have all the PR. Um, plans in place, all the marketing strategies, all the tools in place. But the biggest asset any sport has is the product itself. If you've got a strong product, it will deliver. It won't deliver in every game. It won't deliver in every moment. But there will be special occasions that emerge organically. And this is what happened. Like, I, I think we were all expecting he's going to kick a 1,000 goals. There's going to be people running on the ground. But the moment itself actually took people's breath away because it was so organic and people were amazed at the scenes that they were seeing. So, you know, that's the challenge for every single sport, you know, making your product as strong as it possibly can be. The AFL has all sorts of quirks in its systems that seem unfair and irrational, equalisation policies, 
um, you know, uh, this very socialist makeup where they're pumping money out of some clubs and pouring it into others. It's to ensure that they've got a good, even exciting product that delivers exciting moments. Um, and, and that's why stars are so important. I mean, there was some negative talk about it. I mean, negative news sells. That's a news value. Conflict sells. That's another news value. Uh, joy, um, you know, travels quickly on social media, but nowhere near as fast as anger and outrage. Um, so there were some stories that focused on the lack of security or that people felt anxious. But at the end of the day, in years to come, um, the the photos and the images and the video that resonates um, will be truly celebratory. And, and so that's why it's very difficult um, to put a value on the moment and the stories and social media activity that flowed out of that. But the fact that it was on the front page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney, the Sydney Morning Herald in Sydney, the Courier Mail in Brisbane and leading all of their website stories as well had to be worth into the millions all by itself so yeah it's a different era and there is undoubtedly more coverage today one of the most extraordinary photos uh, or videos or images was of people flocking towards franklin with up in the air um capturing the moment as they would if they saw a celebrity and and that's very much what he is and that's why he's been so important to the sydney market do do you think do you think the citizen media from the night outshone the traditional media i think it did i think it did i I must say the the images on seven uh, or fox but from seven's broadcast were powerful and they were strong um and i couldn't look away You know, I knew when I was watching it that it was a special moment. But the citizen journalism that took place was probably even more extraordinary. We got to scroll through whatever social media platform tickles our fancy um, to see some extraordinary images that had been captured in photo, in video. uh, And in terms of generating a particular sentiment and excitement that's going to dictate the tone of the conversation, it played a huge role. And that's a big shift we've seen in today's media landscape. The the traditional media used to set the agenda. They used to tell us not only what to think and write about, talk about, but in many instances, even how we should talk about it and the tone we talk about it. Now it's almost been flipped on its head. Citizen journalists, people, fans, they lead the way with the narrative. Sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. But in this instance, it was overwhelming excitement um, that I think then led the discussion throughout the weekend. Sure, there were still stories about people feeling a bit anxious, lack of security, um, but that would have been even more amplified if that was the sentiment from the from the citizen journalists, and in particular Buddy himself, who has said, and I think the AFL would be very happy he said this. He said he didn't feel um, worried or scared at all. Um, which, from a PR perspective, the AFL would be uh, breathing a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. So how how one of the the best. I think the the thing that I took away from the night was just how elated Lance Franklin looked once he scored the goal. I mean, so many times when a footballer achieves something great, they kind of, they stay stony faced and, you know, it's business as usual and they don't really get too excited about what they've achieved. Uh, But Lance Franklin was genuinely like 
stoked at, at his own achievement and it was written all over his face and that was great. It was an awesome moment to see. But how different and we take that and that's that's our reality and that's what happened. That's the truth of the night. So that's that's for us to and for him to savor as well, but us as fans too. But in a in a hypothetical world, how how different could this all have been if, if he looked overwhelmed and he looked a little frightened almost by by the thousands of fans on the field? Very different. That's the reality. I mean the reality is we, we don't necessarily need to worry about it too much. But had he looked anxious, had he looked overwhelmed, had he been concerned, had he fell, any of those things, that would have been the story. I mean, if you strip back the media and look at news values, that is what makes news. Negative stories do. Conflict does. Um, and, and those two uh, news values would have come to the fore. Um, the fact that he was so jubilant, that he was, you know, clenching his fists and pumping his arms, that he was smiling, that he was embracing the moment. Again, that set the narrative for the rest of the weekend. Um, and I think that that was great for Franklin and Sydney. I mean, again, um, stars are so big you know, from a marketing perspective these days. And he's not someone that gives himself all the time to the media. He's still a little mysterious, um, you know, even though he's been around for so long and even though he's kicked so many goals. But, you know, studies of Generation Z in particular, those that are probably in their, you know, teens or early 20s now, and even the next generation coming through, many of them value stars more than they do teams. And that's particularly true when they're watching sports that they find entertaining more so than sports that they have a distinct and deep emotional connection to. And I think it's safe to say that in Sydney, there's a lot of people that would curiously look at the AFL and, and, and seek entertainment from it. But um, those that follow rugby league closer may not have the emotional ties to their club that Victorians do to their club. So for him to, to be someone that the Swans can market their product around, I'm sure he's brought people through the gates. He's put the Swans on the front page. He's added value to their brand and their brand association, which is basically the ease and frequency in which people think of the brand. And, and Franklin's a brand all by himself. Uh, Sam, Sam Duncan with us here, who's the course leader of sports media degrees at Holmesland. Sam, the, uh, the, the value of the post-match press conference, which uh, gets a lot of attention in the immediate aftermath of games, there was a lot of attention around a certain post-match press conference after game one of the season with Luke Beveridge. But po- post-match presses in general, what is, the, what is the value of it? And do we value post-match press conferences too much, too little, or just right? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I've got no doubt the coaches probably don't want it. These are things that keep getting included in the media rights deals every five or six years when the broadcasters come to the AFL and say, you need to give us more. Uh, and you need to make our broadcast more relevant for longer, right up to 11 o'clock. So we want to broadcast the immediate responses from the coaches so that people stay up and watch to keep our ratings higher for longer. And you can imagine then there's negotiations with the AFL, with the AFL Coaches Association, with the coaches themselves. But is there value in them? Well, yes, there is. I- easy from here to say to a coach that's just been involved in a very high-pressure game for a couple of hours. But the fact of the matter is too many of them probably get caught up talking just to the journalists or answering the journalists' questions. What they really should be doing is speaking to their stakeholders, 
speaking down the camera to their fans and their sponsors and, and whoever else wants to know why they won or lost. So take that question from the media and turn it into your key messages that you and your other key stakeholders. Again, easier said than done, but I think that the, the, the coaches that are more effective at doing that are more effective in satisfying their fans and their stakeholders and providing them with the answers to the question they've got. Because here's the thing, Jordan, the journalists are there to ask the questions on their readers' behalf or their viewers' behalf or their, their listeners' behalf, depending on their media type. So the coach needs to pay that respect because they're questions their fans have. Uh, and if it's true, like they always say, that the fans are the most important stakeholders in the game, then communicating to them after a win or loss is super important. And in some sports, you just have to do it. Like if you're a player and you're a tennis player and you've lost the biggest, most important game of your life, you have to go and front the media. In AFL land, you often don't. You can put your... I'm talking about the players here, not the coaches. You can put your hand up and say, no, I don't want to speak to media today. So um, I think they can be very valuable if treated in the right way. One last one before I leave you, Sam. The, uh, the, this happened back in round one, but we've seen it, we've seen it across different sides, media platforms uh, right across the AFL this season. But the talk around Jack Ginevan, the youngster... At, at Collingwood, who had the, the camera with him, the GoPro, I think it was, filming a first-hand account um, of, of the post-match celebrations for Collingwood in round one to be posted to social media later on. He was criticised for it. Um, I didn't have an issue with it. I don't think many young football fans... I don't think many football fans full stop had an issue with it, generally speaking, but there were the outspoken who, who did have an issue with it. But that action in itself, so having a camera there as a player for, to post videos on social media... Is a club? I mean, is that club driven? Is did the club want Jack Inovan to do that? Was him by? Was that him by himself? And how valuable is first-hand media taken by the athletes themselves to be shared on to be shared on social media? It's huge. Uh, that would have been a club initiative to give him the GoPro and, and say, go for it, take our fans into the inner sanctum. Um, and, and you know, for the first time ever, fifteen years ago or so, clubs found the opportunity to speak directly to their fans through digital and social media. It had never been possible before in, in the manner it is today. So why not? If you've got the opportunity to talk directly to your fans and provide them with great content, go for it. And they produced that night. Brilliant. In my perspective, I mean, fans got to see the instantaneous reaction to a win, a win that their players were overjoyed by. And, and, and sure, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but for the demographic that they were trying to target, I think you'll find that it was overwhelmingly popular. And personalities are important in the game and they're important to sell brands and to sell products. So, I mean, that type of raw, unfiltered content that gives immediate responses and behind-the-scenes um, accounts of what's happening is super important, just like we're seeing with documentaries. I know they're far more scripted, but the whole point of them is to take people behind the scenes and to show people what's going on outside of the two hours we see them on the field. And considering, Jordan, that in the world of professional sport, we're not allowed to go into the club rooms and meet the players and mingle with them. They're very much at arm's length. Well, then the way we are allowed in is through social and digital media. So I thought it was terrific. There'll always be criticisms, but I, I say to Collingwood and all the other clubs, go for it.
Sam, this was a great chat. I really enjoyed this. I do like, uh, as as someone who works in the media and, and consumes a lot of social media, this is something that fascinates me a lot. So an enlightening chat. Thank you very much. And I'm sure you and uh, and Sam Hargraves, once, uh, once he's back next week, you'll have uh, even more uh, enlightening discussions. But thank you very much for joining us tonight. Outstanding, Jordan. No worries. Enjoy the rest of the night. Sam Duncan with us, the course leader of sports degrees at Holmes Glen. Holmes Glen, study sports, business and media. Apply it now. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.